We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luca Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Mavs Step Back Podcast. This is the latest installment of Mavs Step Back Live on Spotify Live. And the Mavs, they have taken a 2-1 series lead over the Utah Jazz Luka Doncic has yet to play a single minute in the series. People were giving me a hard time before this series started when I suggested that this team could still beat the Jazz, this current version of the Jazz, without Luka. You're seeing how it's all coming together now. I mean, guys are hitting wide-open shots. That was always, you know, the, the issue when the Mavs lost uh, you know, most time, especially in the second part of the season, like if they ever lost a game, it, it was just because they weren't hitting wide open shots. They've generated wide open shots all season long. And when they're hitting them and they're confident and they're staying engaged on the defensive end, you know, this team is hard to beat whether Luca plays or not. Now, obviously, you want Luca to be healthy and come back. This isn't, I mean, I've seen some people suggest, like, oh, well, we, we Mavs just don't need Luca to come back. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you bring him back uh, as soon as you can, and you go for the kill punch, the kill shot uh, with Luka, and you, you put the Jazz out of their misery. Uh, so it's been incredible so far. Jalen Brunson is playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, coming into the series, I figured he'd get somewhere around the 16 to $20 million a year mark. He might end up getting around $25 million a year or so after his, you know, his, his postseason performance, if this keeps up. Uh, he has shown that he can carry a load and he can be, you know, the star with Luca out. So uh, it's been incredible. Dinwiddie, he has shot the ball horribly uh, in the series, under 40% from the field. Uh, and he's not been as uh, – he's been like under 20% from three, I believe, as well. But he was clutch. Hit a bunch of clutch shots, uh, 20 points last night in game three. Nine of those points came in the last five minutes and 30 seconds, I believe. Uh, so he was huge. You know, if he gets his shooting touch back, even if Luka doesn't come back <laughs> for game 
four. I just, you know, I just don't know what the Jazz do here. They, 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 the Mavs basically ran Rudy Gobert off the floor. Uh, for part of that game, because and look, I don't, I don't think that's anything to do with Gobert uh, as as a player. I think it's more of how Utah uses him. I think it has something to say about their team chemistry. You know, there's a lot of factors in play there, but I do think you know if if you potentially put Gobert on this Mavs team, it would be a much different dynamic than what it is with the Jazz. But anyway, they they ran him off the floor last night, and uh, Quinn Snyder decided to go with Eric Pash. Pash- Pashal, I don't know how to say his last name, but anyway, went with him, uh, and they made a little bit of a run, but then the Mavs figured it out, and they had to bring Gobert back, and the rest is history. They ended up winning 126 to 118 in Utah, a place that has been just horrific for the Mavs over the last five, six years. Uh, I think they had one win in Utah over the over that span, and uh, they take a two-one lead now. And Luca, he could very well be returning for game four, but the Mavs have made this series now, like they have such a cushion that they don't have to bring him back if there's any kind of doubt whatsoever. Like, unless he is just absolutely 100% uh, sure that he's ready to go, there's no, they're not pressured to bring him back and risk anything now. So, that's the good thing. I, I do think he will come back for game four. I'm sure we'll find something out while we're recording this because, you know, there's going to be uh, Jason Kidd and Luke is going to be talking to the media. So we'll see if anything comes out there. But, you know, if they just – if they take it one more game and decide to bring Luca back for game five, which will be a huge game five at American Airlines Center at home after they've recaptured home court – I'm all for that as well because, I mean, look, if this Jazz perimeter defense can't do anything with Jalen Brunson and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and, you know, if, if they can't do anything with these guys, and they're good, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but if they can't do anything with these guys, they are 100% not going to do anything with uh, with Luca <laughs> when he comes back. So, uh, anyway, enough rambling. Uh, again, you, you can find all of my work on, on Twitter if you haven't already, at Dalton underscore Trig. And I am rejoined by my co-host, who just got his main account back for the first time in over a year. He was in tw- Twitter jail. It's Matt Galatson. You can find him at Matt Galatson on Twitter. Uh, he has his other account, too, but forget that. Well, we got the we got the main one back. How you feeling, Matt? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like an OnlyFans girl. I have a I have a backup account on, on social media in case I get banned. Um, no, I mean it's uh, it's nice to be back. Um, I feel I feel Twitter rejuvenated. Uh, I deleted all my old tweets just so they can't slap me with another DNCA notice or DCMA notice or whatever. Good call. It is. Good call. Um, and you know we're back. We're back. Well, tell me, tell um, me what you thought watching that game because we were talking in our little group chat during the game, and you said you were you wanted to say something, but I think you held off to keep from jinxing it. Well, now I want to know what you were thinking. <laughs> I still think it'd probably be a bad idea. Um, <clears throat> well, the first thing that I said after the first couple of possessions of that game was. Oh man, I think uh, I think Jalen's gonna get bullied tonight, or or something, or pushed around, or something along those lines. And he kind of did in the first like one or two possessions by Donovan Donovan Mitchell. 
So I was like, uh-oh, they're, they're really going to go after him and try and throw him off his game. And then after that, he just went bananas. Um, so I, I quickly reversed course on that. But uh, the thing I was going to say was, you know, it's not it's not the same. And this is certainly a little bit hyperbolic and take it with a grain of salt or whatever. But there's certainly two different teams in, in a lot of respects. But this team reminds me a lot in terms of demeanor and just the way they're they're playing with each other and the confidence <clears throat> as the 2011 Mavs championship team. It's like all the role players hitting shots, um, you know, everything going right, the defense. Um, obviously, that's going to have to – I mean, we played two games in the playoffs. So, But what I was going to say last night was – This team is, a, you know. You there? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to say this where I don't change the entire playoff run. This team, assuming everybody stays healthy and assuming they get a little bit of a, a break with Phoenix, like, you know, they play okay against Phoenix and manage to get out of that series, is I, I think they're going straight to the finals. I mean, it, there's a there's a real path for it. I mean, a lot we've we've seen a lot of people say it, uh, you know, leading up to this series, and you know, uh, a lot of Mavs fans don't want to go there. You That's know, why I didn't want to really say it, but you made me. I mean, they don't. A lot of people don't want to go there. I don't see any problem with being confident, though. I mean, we this team has shown the entire calendar year what they are. Like, I get it. You you don't want to jinx something. You don't want to get your cart ahead of the horse, so to speak. But, I mean, we've we've seen what this team – they have been incredibly consistent since New Year's Eve. And we've seen what they can do even without Luka playing after the trade. You know, they only played two games without Luka after they traded KP for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. But they won both of those games. Like, we, we, we saw that they're capable of winning without him. And, again, you know, that was against – bad teams, but, you know, how many times have the Mavs played bad teams without Luka in the past before that trade where, like, we just had zero confidence in the team winning? You know, it it makes a big difference. And I, you know, with the way this team has played and the chemistry and the coaching staff has been great, not just Jason Kidd, but uh, Igor and Sweeney and even Jared Dudley and the rest of that, that amazing coaching staff, I mean, everybody's just on the same page, and I agree. There are similarities with the 2011 team. Now, obviously, they're not, they're not, you know, it's not the same storylines, and uh, those guys in 2011 were at different parts in their careers, and you know, the dynamic is a little bit different. But you know, there are similarities with the defense, and you know, everybody, everybody doubting them, and you know, all all that stuff. So. This is the most help Luca has had in his entire career so far, and I'm just absolutely thrilled uh, to see what happens when he comes back and they put this thing together. And like you said, not just with how they're playing right now, but you know, with the way the rest of the Western Conference is is shaking out, they could get a little more help uh, if they do advance to the second round because 
Uh, Devin Booker, he strained his hamstring. He's out for two to three weeks, or at least he's initially out for two to three weeks. It may be longer. They they don't really know yet. Uh, and, you know, they lost game two to the Pelicans, who look, you know, a lot better than <laughs> than what their record might suggest in the regular season. So uh, game three of that one is tonight in New Orleans. If the Pelicans somehow win this one, uh, then you start thinking, man, could the Mavs potentially host a second-round series? Will Dalton get to go to New Orleans? <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's like your your dream. Yeah. You know, Matt, I was playing the playoffs. Hour and a half drive for me down to Smoothie King Center for game three and game four of a second-round series. Let's go. Uh, who Who wouldn't want that? Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything's going great for this team right now. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson, again, he's been incredible. 96 points for him through the first three games of this, this, these playoffs. And man, uh, did he it after let me interrupt playoffs. you for a second. Um, Jason Kidd's talking to the media right now and he says, uh, Luca's game status, game four status is he's optimistic, and he says the two one series lead will have no impact on a decision about whether he returns or not. So they're being Sweet. the Mavericks and saying a whole big bag of nothing again. <laughs> well, I mean, optimist optimistic is better than than. Well, I guess we'll wait and see what Woj comes out and says in like thirty minutes. I know you it's know, so every dumb. time the like. Like, we know that Woj is going to come out and say what's really going on, so why don't you just, like, effing tell us what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, just it's going to get out, so just tell us. And, I mean, look, I know I know that's another thing we've seen uh, online here. Like, when, when Woj has broke some news here on Luca in the last couple of days, people are just like, oh, Woj, he's not plugged into the map. This is a different regime, y'all. You know, he has connections with Jared Dudley with Billy Duffy, uh, probably with Nico Harrison. I mean, maybe even Jason Kidd. I don't know about that one, but the other three for sure. Uh, so, I mean, this this is not the Mavs of old. If, if Woj says something, he's not going to tweet something out there if he's not, like, super confident uh, in what his, his sources are telling him. If he doesn't have a legit source, he's not going to say it. But anyway, we'll wait and see if, if something comes out with that. But optimistic sounds better than you know what we what we were hearing leading up to uh game three so we'll see how it goes um i don't think he's gonna play well if he doesn't i mean like i said they've created they've created that cushion for him now it's like if you're down to one going into a game four on the road then it's like okay well let's let's go ahead and get him out there but i mean honestly matt with as many open shots as they missed in game one, they should be up three nothing right now without Luca. I mean, that, that first game was just absolutely awful. They were, I think it was eight, no, it was four of 18 on wide open three pointers <laughs> in game one. If they just hit like two or three more in that first game, then they're up, uh, three nothing right now. So you're up two one. You should probably be up three nothing. Without Luca, there is absolutely no rush in, in trying to bring him back. So if you're not 100% sure. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I think that they know that they can just put the hammer down on this series even without Luca. So, like, what, just hold him out until the second round. You're going to win in five games. And if they did that, how refreshing would that be given the struggles 
you know, from from the, these guys around Luca over the last couple of postseasons, how refreshing would that be to have your first playoff series win in over a decade and your best player potentially doesn't even play a minute in it? Now, I, I do think Luca will return at some point, uh, but, you know, I, I just think it would be amazing. It, it's such a different feeling having confidence in this team, even without his best player. So that's where all the, the extra confidence comes from. It's like even if you – have to play the Phoenix Suns in the second round. They were competitive with the Suns this year, even without Luka playing in in a couple of those games. Uh, they just weren't able to finish in the clutch. And since the, the KP trade, the Mavs are the number one clutch team in the league. So uh, we can see how that plays out when we get to it. And then you have the Booker stuff to look out for. So there is a lot of stuff to be optimistic about. And uh, I'm just thrilled with how that game turned out last night and shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie I know we talked about his clutch performance in the in the fourth quarter hit some big shots uh they were up by seven and he hit like just a bonkers three-pointer to to kind of put the jazz away it was made it 119 to 109 with a little over a minute left uh but the dunk the the dunk over Gobert was just something that that got everybody off of their couches <laughs> out of their seats just just detonated on top of Rudy Gobert's head it was amazing I I still I've watched it all morning uh I stayed up way too late last night watching that and other stuff I mean it's just it, it was just incredible to watch so all around the vibes are immaculate uh I think the Mavs they've kept the right mindset they haven't gotten too excited they know that this is where they need to be and they know that the job's not finished yet, and I expect that mindset to uh, carry over into game four, too. So, okay. Uh, let me see. We had some speaker requests, but, well, maybe not. I don't know. I know. Kirk, I thought, Kirk request to speak, you coward. We may have to, because I thought somebody requests and see if it shows up, because I, I could have sworn there were like two or three, but it's not showing on my end. Maybe. Hopefully, it's not an app issue on my end. Let's see. Hmm. Okay, well, unless I see something pop up, we're just going to keep rolling here, Matt. But uh, what do you expect going into tonight? Like, what what is your preference here? Like, would you rather play a Phoenix Suns team? And I, I'm, I'm – this seems dumb to say, but it's like, would you rather play a Phoenix Suns team without uh, Devin Booker, or would you rather play an underdog Pelicans team that could potentially be getting Zion back to the further they go into the postseason uh, in the second round with home court? I, I still want to play the Pelicans. That's 100% what I, what I would like, but, you know, <laughs> I had to ask it regardless. I think that – the Suns, even without Devin Booker, are one of the best teams in the league. So um, I, I I don't want to play the Suns. I, that's the last thing I would want. Um, <clears throat> now, it, it's, it's kind of hard because just on paper, if they get Zion back, you're like, oh, oh shit. You know, Zion's coming back. But I'm, I'm honestly not afraid of fat Zion. Like, like coming back for the first time all year in the playoff series, he's going to play like garbage. 
So well, regardless, um, I, I think it's no question the Pelicans. Regardless, and I mean, Brandon Ingram, he's just amazing too. I think he's severely underrated, but Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum and they've got a bunch of fearless rookies on that team. Jose Alvarado has become like one of my favorite players in the league <laughs> because he, he hides over in the corner and runs behind people to get steals and stuff. I, I just love that dude. But, uh, you know, I just, whichever way it goes, I mean, I would prefer the Pelicans, but the, the best case scenario for the Mavs here is them taking care of business in five games against the Jazz, putting them out of their misery, and then hoping that the Pelicans and Sun series goes seven games. And then, you know, whatever happens, you know, you, you play whoever you play after that. But that's that's the best-case scenario. Take care of business quickly. Uh, Suns, Jazz goes seven games. Uh, get Luca some extra rest there, and then off you go. And then, you know, I just – I think once – if the Mavs can get past – if they play the Suns in the second round and they somehow get past the Suns, then it's like the, the sky is the limit. That, that's when you really start to believe. It's kind of like in, uh, you know, 2011, a lot of people didn't really believe that the Mavs could go all the way until they swept uh, the two-time defending champion Lakers <laughs> in the second yeah, round. That's, that's kind of why – that's kind of the only reason I would want the Suns. Is, is so you can take the hardest pass, path possible, and if you get all the way through it, nobody can say anything. And about I'm so because if you have to play the if you have to play the Pelicans, then people, oh, you didn't have to play the Suns, you didn't have to play Devin Booker, blah blah blah. If you play them and you beat them, then there's no question. I just saw somebody in the chat say, "Let's beat Utah first. Like, have Matt, have I not said that already? Like, why do people keep telling that to me? <laughs> I feel like I have been very forthcoming about saying that the Mavs have to take care of the Jazz first. We know that. But given how things are trending, we can look ahead and see what the possibilities are. Like, And it's not just – I'm not just picking on one person in the chat. I mean, it's been on Twitter, and when I post the links to Facebook, like everybody is, is just so scared to kind of look ahead a little bit. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We all know that the Mavs have to take care of the Jazz before anything else happens. We, you don't have to tell us that. Well, there's there's nothing wrong with looking ahead for us. It, 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 it's the the team that doesn't need to look ahead, and they're not. Right. So that's right. that's all. Uh, media, media, and fans. That's what <laughs> that's that's what they're supposed to do. But as long as the team doesn't look ahead and they're not, you know, they have the correct mindset with it, then you know, then they're good to go. But uh, one other thing I want to talk to you about real quick and. Uh, again, if anybody has anything they want to talk about, just send a speaker request. And y'all may have, like I said, I saw three or four of them happen earlier, but they're just not showing up on my end. So I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. But um, one thing I did want to talk about with you, Matt, was the Rudy Gobert situation because I made a comment last night. You know, if the Mavs put the way, put away the Jazz in five or six games or whatever it ends up being, and then you know turn around this off season and steal their center from them. <laughs> I, I still think – I know everybody's like kind of down or most people are down on Gobert with how he's played for the Jazz this year, but I just really think it's a different dynamic uh, if he's on the Mavs. You put him with Luka instead of Donovan Mitchell, uh, and I think it, you know he, he might average 20 and 20 
on this Mavs team. And he he's one of the best pick and roll bigs in the league. We already see how, you know, Luca does with Dwight Powell uh as his starting center. Like imagine if you took Gobert away from the Jazz and put Dwight Powell on the Jazz. <laughs> That, that's the best like that's the best scenario I can think to like give people a true idea of you know what would happen if if you made that upgrade there so I'm still on board with it I think you know his value is down from where it should have been uh, you know it's just one of those things where he needs to be in the right situation because if he's not in the perfect situation playing with a guy like Luca, uh, then it makes it very easy for him to get run off the court. And I don't think that would happen near as much if he's in Dallas. So I'm still very much in on the Rudy Gobert thing this summer. Uh, and I mean, it's kind of dependent on price. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind, you know, giving up future picks for him, uh, and, and salary filler, but you know, it, it just depends on what the package is, but I am very much still in on Gobert. What about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's would not really. You know? I mean, would you? I mean, obviously, yes, obviously, I would. I, I think I'm Donovan kidding. Mitchell. Look, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But look, his defense has been horrible. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, I think Donovan Mitchell is the most like one of the most, and he's not underrated. But he also is one of the most underrated players in the entire league because of where he's playing. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, yeah, I mean, Go- Gobert would be fantastic. I. I worry that when you play a team like, you know, Golden State or something that can spread you out like that, then it would be a little bit more difficult for him to be effective in a series. But then again, when you play a team like Phoenix, who has eight and bullying people around, then, you know, you want him in that series. So it's got its ups and downs to it. But on paper, I like it in in my heart. I hate it because I hate Gobert and I hate his face. Uh, he's one of the most annoying players in the entire league. He's such a baby, but you know, he's a good player. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for adding all of the good players to the Mavericks. Somebody in the chat said that, uh, they know that I like to look ahead and that I'm probably already trying to figure out a way to get Evan Mobley in four years. (laughs) Facts. (laughs) Day after the trade deadline, Dalton's proposing trade for like 2024. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I mean, I, I try. I don't get too into the uh, into the younger player restricted free agency stuff just because man do i hate the idea of waiting two or three days or however long it is now uh you know on that restricted free agency stuff you just miss out on so much other stuff like unless you just know for sure that a player uh is going to sign with you and that the other team doesn't want to keep him and you can work out some kind of sign and trade or something like that i just don't think it's worth it's it's not worth waiting on stuff like that but with that being said, I am looking forward to 2023 uh, free agency with Nikola Jokic being an unrestricted free agent after hey. after See? after he's been swept in the playoffs uh, two years in a row. Uh, very good timing with his with his free agency coming up, and he might end up just signing a super max deal to stay with Denver, like Giannis did with Milwaukee. But I think it's a little bit different situation. Uh, with uh, with the Nuggets than it was with Giannis and the Bucks. So, and unlike Luca and Gian, like we know Luca and Giannis are are friendly and they respect each other and everything, but we know for a fact that Luca and Jokic are good friends, and their wives are, are well, Luca's girlfriend and I think it's Jokic's wife. Uh, both of them hang out with each other too, and. Boban plays a factor there. They're all just great friends. So that's going to be my big pipe dream heading into the, you know, the next year. <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. But, you know, if, uh, if the, if the Nuggets get back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and they don't exceed expectations based on how this year and last year in the playoffs went, then I could potentially see a situation where, uh, he looks to leave. So, because, you know, you win two MVPs in a row and you can't, you know, you, you can't get swept two years in a row in the playoffs after winning MVP because then you start getting scrutinized by everybody in the, in the media. And I mean, I, I get it. It's a regular season award. I have absolutely zero issues with Jokic winning the MVP because of that. But, you know, it, it, it's kind of like dirt winning it in 2007. Uh, and then getting beat by the eight seeded Warriors in the first round, he got a lot of heat for that. And it's going to be the same way with Jokic. And you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes over the course of the next year. I, I, I can't even fathom a duo of Luka and Jokic together, but I'm going to try to. 
Yeah, uh, this is the kind of looking ahead that I think people are are are. Um, I, I I don't know, man. I, I I'm so anti <laughs> Mavs free agency or trade hopes that like I can't I can't even process that in my brain right now. I I can, I, I want to see what this team does in the playoffs, and then if they get Jokic, I will run down the street naked. But like, I, I just, I can't put that thought in my brain right now because well, I just can't fathom that they would ever do something that aggressive and awesome People, because they never have. The fan base still has so much PTSD from the Donnie Nelson era that, you know, obviously everybody's going to be skeptical, but they were skeptical of the, the Spencer Dinwiddie and Bertans for KP trade too. I mean, Nico knows what he's doing, man. Like the whole dynamic of this franchise has changed, like the perception of it uh, with other people, especially with what they're showing and how they're playing without Luca right now. So, I mean, naturally, I mean, I'm already optimistic, irrationally so sometimes with this free agency pipe dream stuff, but I really do think it's going to change how they operate in free agency too. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but we did get a speaker request finally, so I guess that's fixed. Uh, it's our guy Christian. What's up, man? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> dead air, dead air. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, there we go. There he is. Uh, I, I got a call. My bad, guys. Uh, how are y'all doing today? Good to have him talk to y'all in a bit. Hope everyone's... Uh, feeling good just got off a work meeting so uh sorry about that but um i was gonna say uh i think one of the you know the things that everyone's covered jb i mean he was fantastic last night um you know dorian constantly gets the praise i mean hit a clutch shot and you know playing the minutes that he's done but I think Reggie Bullock deserves so much credit and is kind of gone unsung in what he's doing. He's been playing, I think it was 44 minutes the first game, 45 minutes the second game, and 44 minutes again, something to that effect. And the thing that I think, I'm defense fantastic, all those things, but outside of Luka, we haven't had someone like this where – the jazz would hit a huge shot where it seemed like we're losing the momentum, like everything's swinging against us. And Reggie's the one to have that quick trigger and hit back. And without him last night, I, I, I mean, without a lot of people, but uh, you know, we just don't pull that off. So I was wondering what your thoughts are on basically our big, uh, off-season edition, so to speak, or only real off-season edition. And, uh, you know, just your thoughts on what he's meant to this team. And do you think that we get a big Reggie game at some point during this this series? And by big game, I mean, like, you know, when he was putting up those 20-point games uh, a couple months ago. Well, the biggest thing with Reggie Bullock, I mean, I – when the when the signing happened, I already thought it was underrated because I mean, if you talk to any Knicks fans, and you know, I have a there's a guy with a Knicks podcast I've had on here before, and we've talked about it a little bit too. You know, he was the heart and soul of that team last year. 
like he was what made that defense stick together in New York and made them so good. And, you know, they were already lacking three point shooting and he brought some of that to the table too. And then like, you see how it's made a difference, you know, from one year to the next taking Bullock off of that Knicks team. So, you know, he's obviously very important. Uh, earlier in the season when he was struggling, I think he was having some issues with his lower back, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or so- something something to that effect. It was it was really affecting his play, uh, but he got healthy, and you know you're seeing the benefits of that now. And you know it's uh, him combined with Dorian Finney-Smith. And you're right, you know, Bullock played 44 minutes last night, and that's about what he's played the entire series. Dorian Finney-Smith played 47 minutes in Game 3. <laughs> 47 out of 48 minutes in Game 3, and he still hit a huge clutch corner three-pointer and was playing just absolute amazing defense down the stretch. Like, he is – I tweeted this out earlier, but he is 100% of – you know, worth every penny of that four-year, fifty-five million dollar uh, extension. So I'm I'm happy with that. You know, we got to give Maxi Kleba and uh, Davis Breton some some love too. Uh, you know, Maxi he exploded in game two and hit eight of eleven three pointers. And uh, I think Matt Matt, if you have to go, I know you got some stuff going on. We can we can keep rolling here, but uh, I appreciate you hopping on with us today. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I, I, I do have to jump. I'm starting to get swamped with some some other stuff. So um, I will catch you after game four. Um, and uh, f- remember that I'm out of Twitter jail. So go follow me on my old account. Yeah, Matt has to go take care of his one billion websites that he runs now. So <laughs> go make that money, Matt. Uh <laughs> But yeah, we got to get. I want to give some love to Kleba and Bertans because eight of eleven in from deep in game two, and then he came out with the hot hand again in game three, uh, four of five. And Christian, I, I made the joke on on the timeline last night. You know, it's kind of like on Happy Gilmore when uh, when Happy learns how to putt, and he looks at he's like, uh oh, you know that <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the situation. I'm seeing with Maxi here. It, it's funny, and it's just a complete sidebar. But I have the TV on in the background, and Happy Gilmore's literally on right now. And that, like, I just, perfect analogy at a perfect time. Well, I look. That's the first thing that came to mind when I saw he was still hitting those threes in Game Three, and you know those those games that he sat out uh, at the end of the end of the regular season I think he ended up sitting four or five games to end the year and then you had the uh almost a full week after that because of the NBA play-in tournament you know he's he's fully healthy now too and you see the benefits of it and I mean as bad as he shot he shot 18 percent from deep uh from the all-star break through the end of the season there you knew there had to be some you know positive regression to the mean there uh, so I'm so happy that it's actually happened in the playoffs now. And, you know, we're seeing him, not only him playing good defense still as well, but now he's hitting those wide open three pointers. And if he's doing that and Bertans is going four of seven from three and Bertans even had a chase down LeBron James style block in transition last night. Like what, 
like when that is happening, I saw uh, my guy Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball. He tweeted, "When that happens, you know, you might as well just pack it up and and try again next season <laughs> if you're Utah." So. Uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled with with how this team has played and everybody's stepping up big without Luca. And I think when Luca comes back here in the next game or so, it's just gonna, you know, that's gonna be the kill shot. And I hope that, uh, you know, they can ride this wave even past uh, the second round if they get there. So, Christian, anything else before we go to the next one here? Yeah, all I was gonna say is, uh, you know, to your point about Maxi and some of the others, it. For better or worse, which when it's when it swings against us, it can just be a killer. Is we have guys that are confident shooters, Maxi, Josh Green. I, I mean, the way Josh Green ended the season shooting the three ball, and I get it's not on you know crazy volume, but those guys when they start missing shots, it really affects them. It they won't pull the trigger and those kind of things. When they do start making them, though, it really starts raining, and I think that's what we've seen. Uh, so I'm just excited with the way the guys are playing, and you know, Dalton, appreciate you having me up as always, brother. Hope you have a great day. Yes, sir. You do the same, and uh, we're going to try to do this again after after Game Four. I actually, I'm not going to be able. I've been covering all these uh, games for DallasBasketball.com, doing the instant recaps and stuff. I'm actually not going to be able to watch most of uh most of game 4 cuz my dad's getting married uh tomorrow so I will be I will be busy doing that. I will obviously be, you know, checking up on everything from my phone while I'm there but uh we'll be sure to, you know, come on the next day or maybe even later that night <clears throat> and uh you know, we'll we'll get another pot out. Okay, next up, we got my guy Mike Bibbins from Bibbs Corner. Uh, and Mavs, Mavs Outsiders podcast. Mike Bibbins, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Dalton. Um, I, I can't say I have any complaints after we went up to one. I don't think anybody realistically expected that. Maybe Optimus Bibbs, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Opti- Optimus Bibbs is like you know. It's kind of like you take my already irrational optimism and like turn it up <laughs> ten past that. That that's what Optimus Bibbs is. But I'm hey hey I'm here for it. <laughs> no, uh, congrats to your dad by the way. That's awesome. Uh, the that he's getting married tomorrow. Um, but man, I, I think it was Christian that was just up talking about how we we had an answer every time that the Jazz uh, hit big shots, and I, I do think our bench deserves a lot of credit. I think we hit eighteen threes last night. And 11 of them came from Josh, Maxie, and Bertans. Um, and I'm glad, like, the difference between Rick and and Jason Kidd, or one of the many differences, I should say, is Josh Green playing, like, complete cheeks in the first two games. We would have never seen him again if Rick Carlisle was the coach. Uh, but Kidd trusted him. He kept him in there, and it paid off last night. Um, so I'm just looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, going forward with the the way the team has kind of come together. Um, and then if we get Luca back, uh, how that looks going forward. Cause I mean, I, I hate to say the word, but it, it's starting to make, it's starting to make me feel like, you know, things could line up nicely for us here. It is, it is shaping out, you know, that way right now, obviously everybody's kind of on eggshells and you don't want to, you don't want to jinx anything, but I mean, it is setting up really nicely for the Mavs at the moment. And I'm glad you brought up Josh Green because, 
You're absolutely right. I mean, if this was Rick Carlisle, I mean, one, Josh Green wouldn't even be getting these minutes in the postseason. Like he, he, he didn't, he, he wasn't able to play through his mistakes in the regular season uh, with Rick, like, uh, like he was this year with Kid. And it's, you know, that's one of the things Green was able to play through his mistakes in the regular season this year with Kid. And now you're in the postseason. And I mentioned it on the last pod. I had my guy Grant Afseth. Uh, my colleague at DallasBasketball.com on the last pod, and we were talking about it. Like, you know, if I, I said I would love nothing more than for Josh Green to come back in game three and have like a huge performance and redeem himself and everything. But if he continues to play like he did in game one and game two, then I think you start having to have that tough conversation like, well, you know, is it worth continuing to give him these minutes? But to Josh's credit, he did come out. He was four of six from the field, hit three of his five threes. Uh, and played incredible defense, especially in that first half. Um, and, I mean, he had six assists, too. <laughs> yeah. 12, 12 points, six assists, three rebounds, two steals in 19 minutes. He was a plus 10 off the bench. Like, I, I'm I'm incredibly happy for Josh Green. He's shown flashes throughout the season. It's been a slow progression, a slow uh, a slow build, you know, to what we thought his potential was coming out of the draft. But slowly but surely, he's getting there, and he's showing promise. Most definitely. And I think uh, going back to the assists, like a couple of the things that we were seeing from him was those those dribble handoffs with Bertans. Like, yeah, he could take the three with Rudy sagging off of him, but then he's also like, you know, Bertans is a better shooter than me. If I go do this dribble handoff and Rudy Gobert sagging off, like he's getting wide open looks every single time. Um, so that's a good way to, to boost your assists is uh, dumping it off to Bertans for wide open shots. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention that I, I, I might have missed it when in the first part of you guys speaking, I think I came in about 10 minutes late, but um, <clears throat> the stretch when the Jazz went on that run, I think that could be a little bit of fool's gold for them uh, when they went small and we had to have Bertans at the five because Maxie and Dwight were in foul trouble. Um, they were killing us by attacking Bertans. Now, if they go small and Maxie's not in foul trouble, that's a completely different situation for them. And I hope that they try it and waste their time trying to do that uh, the next game. Uh, that's a good way to get get us up 3-1, in my opinion. That's a really good point. I, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, if, if Bertans isn't in the game at that point, I don't even think – you know, they, they probably even extend, <laughs> extend their already – a decent sized lead, and especially if Luca comes back too. I mean, if you put that lineup on the floor for the Jazz with Luca on the floor with the other uh, the other initiators, I mean, who's going to stop Luca from getting to the rim? Exactly. You know, Ru- Rudy Gobert is the only person on that entire team that can challenge Luca. And you know, with the lineups they're playing right now, you know, you don't even really have Gobert truly protecting the basket you know he's he's being drawn out a little bit more so I just don't know what this Jazz team can do uh you know to win for the Jazz to win this series they would have to win there's only four game four potential games left they'd have to win three out of the four games uh to to beat the Mavs in this series and from what we've seen through three games I just don't know how they would do it (laughs) I mean I just I, I understand people don't want to get their card ahead of the horse, but I mean, we have three full games of evidence, you know, showing that this Mavs team is better. I just don't see, I just don't see how, uh, 
how the Jazz are going to get past the Mavs in this series. But it's been great. I mean, like Jalen Brunson loves to say, the vibes are immaculate. Uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled for this Mavs team to be having this success without Luka. Uh, and I hope, you know, even if he doesn't play in game four, I hope it continues. But I, I do think he will come back for game four and it'll kind of kind of put the nail in the coffin here. But, uh, Bibbs, I appreciate you joining me, man. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? And if not, you know, tell the people where they can find all your stuff. No, nah, man, thanks for having me. Uh, just wanted to pop in on my lunch. Definitely enjoy uh, the conversation. Uh, the, like you said, the vibes are immaculate. I'm feeling good over here myself. Uh, but, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Bibbs Corner, uh, the podcast, Mavs Outsiders Podcast, with my co-host, Minder Reese. Uh, we had some fun last night <laughs> talking about the game. Uh, excuse any language. But other than that, uh, I'll let you get, have your show back, Dalton. Take it easy. Yes, sir, Bibbs. Appreciate it. Y'all go check out his stuff, too. Uh, him and Reese do a great job over there. They bring a – a fresh perspective and they have a lot of fun, you know, recapping these games and everything. But, uh, guys, that's going to be all for me today. Uh, I will try to come on here, like I said, and we'll do it sometime after game four. It may not be right after game four. It may be late that night or, you know, sometime on Sunday, but, uh, we will get it done. But I appreciate y'all coming in and listening. Uh, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. To be entered for a chance to win Mavs tickets giveaways, because we do those every now and then, uh, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That automatically enters you for a chance you know, to win those giveaways anytime down the road. So that's a way to throw your, you know, your name and we'll get you in there. So I appreciate it, guys. Uh, we will see you next time. Y'all have a great rest of your Friday and have a great weekend. Go Mavs.